0: Welcome to Have Hope Will Travel. I'm your host, Katie Axelson. Today I'm here with a new friend, Mabel Ninen. Mabel and I met through Stephanie of Gospel Spice, who is on episode 40 of Have Hope Will Travel. Mabel was born and raised in a minority Christian community in India. She moved to the United States in 2008 and she talks about her struggles as an immigrant, her true identity um, here on earth, her impact with the kingdom of God. She's also written a brand new book, which comes out tomorrow. Congratulations. Mabel, welcome
1: to the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is a pleasure. Uh, This is a privilege and honor and my pleasure to be a guest on your show. I am so glad that you are here and I'm so excited
0: to get to hear a little bit more of your story. Actually, one of my really good friends is from India originally. She also grew up Christian and I had lunch with her yesterday and quite a bit of her family. And I was like, I'm doing this interview tomorrow. I'm so excited. And she's excited to listen to it as well.
1: Oh, that's wonderful.
0: Yeah. So I shared a little bit of the high level of your story, but I'd love to give you some space to share a little bit more about your story from your own perspective.
1: Thank you. Um, Yeah, I was born and raised in India and um, I was raised in a Christian home. Um, I moved here shortly after I got married, which is in 2008. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, I did not um, foresee the problems that I would face Mm. from just uh, the relocation and being uprooted. Uh, And so that was a surprise to me uh, because at first it is just excitement, right? You're going to another country and this is the US we are talking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was excited and um, I was also newly married. So looking forward to starting a new phase of life with my husband. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I also... um, struggled to um, adjust to the new change Mm. because I was in an unfamiliar place and this hit me after a few weeks that I have no one to talk to here because Mm -hmm. I don't know anybody. I was still calling my family or friends in India every day. I used to have, uh, you know, conversations for an hour or two with them because I didn't have anyone to talk to. So um, there was loneliness homesickness, um, and just the loss of, you know, your, your safety net, the community and your culture, and just being in an unfamiliar place. I think it affected how I saw myself, and it also tested my faith. Mm-hmm. But God is so good, and he's been so faithful to me that, you know, uh, through those struggles, he taught me so much. And I would say I'm in a much better place now Mm -hmm. when it comes to my relationship with him because of all that I went through. And it's not that, you know, I was in a completely dark and depressed place Uh, on the surface. I was okay, but inside there was this kind of turmoil, restlessness, and I had no joy and I was Mm -hmm. just uh, struggling to find purpose. And, um, and so, I'm, I'm glad that, um, God did not let me be that way for a long time. And yeah. <laughs> he turned my uh, perspective around and again, you know, hope and joy started to come into my life again. So yeah. and that's my story. And that's what I want to share with everyone. Yeah. Uh, maybe who's not going through the exact same situation that I am, but who's probably, um, Going through some kind of transition that they are not uh, equipped to deal with, or they mm-hmm. feel like they're not able to cope with. Sure. Or even someone who's just going through the motions of life and thinking there has to be more, you know, I'm bored with my Christian life. Like, what, what do I do? Yeah. Things like that. So, my heart is that um, they will get back from uh, the book or the writings or whatever I do. Uh, That they would Mm -hmm. see themselves as pilgrims on earth and Mm -hmm. that God has given each of us a purpose and he wants us to walk in that calling because only Mm -hmm. that will give us, you know, joy and and meaning and satisfaction in life. Yeah, that's good. How were you
0: able to make that transition from feeling purposeless now to helping others find their
1: purpose? Oh, wow, That was a long road. <laughs> and I, I still feel like i'm I'm still doing that in many sure. ways. Um, I think three years into my this period that I was going through, where I was feeling all those things, um, and I was still kind of new to the country, and I'd also become a new mom, mm. started to feel more lonely, more isolated. Um, and you know I I was I had a strong faith till then it's not that I didn't know Jesus at all Mm -hmm. but um, something was amiss and I was trying on my own to hold on to him but I needed Mm -hmm. community and I found a bible study um, that I started going to and studying God's word Mm -hmm. in community and just listening to other people's faith stories strengthened my own and inspired me and I was studying the book of Matthew. And I started spending more and more time with God. It was as if Mm -hmm. God was just pulling me. I don't know if that's a word, but to himself, you know, little by little. And I felt just consumed by his love. And slowly, things started to change. My perspective changed, my question changed. And I realized I was looking inward, mostly, you know, sometimes, Mm -hmm. especially identity crisis or struggles, make us turn inside mm-hmm. ourselves you know what am i doing here i don't feel um good or i'm not happy here or it's, it was all about me for me but then um just getting to know god or becoming more intimate with him at that time and spending more time in his word i realized like it changed uh, my perspective to mm seeing what he wants from me, like God, so what do you want? I want to please you. I want to serve you. I want to love you. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have a purpose for me wherever you've placed me, even if you place me in a, in a country or neighborhood where nobody knows me, there Mm -hmm. is a reason. And so I want to know that reason and I want to live for you. And so that I think that is a journey that I still am on. And I, but it's good that I'm cognizant that that, those are the questions that um, I should be asking, you know, whenever I feel (laughs) like, oh, oh, whenever I'm um, confronted with Mm -hmm. anything difficult in life, um, I've learned from the situation, the right questions to ask and the right motives. And what am Mm -hmm. I really pursuing here? Is it just my comfort, my happiness? Um, Because if I am, then I'm never going to find a long lasting solution Mm. to that sure
0: sure that's a good way to think about it and to look at to what's going on beyond your own
1: comfort and your own happiness yeah and and that's why you want to you know you want it to be contagious you want to wake up others to see the same thing and and that's how uh i turned this around to uh helping others also see what i saw
0: Mm -hmm. is that what your book is about yes (laughs)
1: it's called far from home discovering your identity as foreigners on earth Mm. Um, it's personal in some ways and you know that's an I'm nervous about that part because so many people (laughs) are going to know stories about my life Uh, it's my first book my first time putting myself out there but anyway I'm I'm uh, you know going off on a tangent but so that has a personal stories from Mm -hmm. how I struggled or or the challenges that I faced or it's not all negative challenges or even the thoughts that were going through my mind adjusting to a different culture and then Mm -hmm. I take each story and I connect it to to, um, a biblical truth Mm. Um, then we also examine um, lives of biblical characters and with each chapter either it's Moses or Abraham or someone like that because they all uh, were migrants too, you know, they left their lands and they traveled. So I look at their lives from that perspective. So how did uh, moving around geographically um, influence their faith or how did they feel and what did they learn? Um, And so that's how my book is structured.
0: I love it. And so you grew up in India, but now you live in the United States. Where do you consider home now?
1: Um, I <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I wish I had an answer. You know, I had never thought of this question earlier because I was just rooted in one place. I was sure. born and raised in one place in India. And for many of us um, who are like that, right? It's a very straightforward answer. Where is your home? You know, that's mm-hmm. my home in so and so place in Hyderabad, India, or wherever. Um, but when you move around a lot, um, you tend to just keep um redefining home for yourself sure. it's so it's not uh, and if you think about it right when we say home it's not just a physical building that we talk about for us home is also the entire like the culture the community and everything so when you move around a lot and you live in different cultures different places um it rewired the concept of home for me a lot but it also became real to me that Mm. if you think of home as a refuge, a place of shelter, uh, a safe space um, where you can be yourself, where you're protected from the elements, where your basic needs are met, then nothing, you know, fulfills those criteria uh, best as or comes close to fulfilling those criteria as a an intimate relationship with God,
0: mm.
1: right? And I was just reading this um, Psalm to my son the other day because he was just scared from all the violence going around. Which was Psalm 91, which is a Psalm of a protection. And I had never seen this verse earlier through the eyes of you know what we're talking about, home. Yeah. It's it's a verse, Psalm 91:9, 9, which says, "If you are, if you make the Most High your dwelling, mm. then nothing will harm you. Nothing will." you know, uh, no disaster will come to you. So he's saying if you make the most high your dwelling, which is, and that is powerful to me that we make God our dwelling place. Um, And that is the best home you can have. Mm -hmm. And I've realized that, you know, in a way, um, because I've not, it's not just moving from one country to another, but within the US, we moved around a lot. Um, In the 13 years, this is our Tenth or eleventh home, Um, and so for me it was no longer a physical structure. I had thrown that (laughs) idea away a long time ago. Sure, Um, and so to me this has become more and more practical, more real. That you know, if I am in a relationship with God and He loves me and I love Him and I love spending time with Me and He meets my basic needs for sustenance, provision, protection, everything, joy, and he knows me, I know him. And that is where home is, or that is where, I mean, I don't want to sound super spiritual, but that is where I aspire to be. Mm, (laughs) And uh, my experience has has changed the way I think about home and to long for that um, home with God, to want more of that and to see uh, a physical place or even a family you know, to be comfortable in that, um, in seeing my family as my home or seeing my community culture as home. I don't want um, to to do that, but I want to move away from that more and more. Mm.
0: So what is our true home?
1: <laughs> um, well, God is our true home. Our relationship with God is our home. But also uh, while we are here, And I think the best part is that as we, um, the more we love God, right. The more we want to be with him and this place feels more and more foreign because we were all made for eternity and we're all Mm -hmm. looking forward to that eternal home in heaven. That's our hope. That's our home where, um, which is perfect, which is Mm -hmm. long lasting. Uh, and so I feel like, though we here on earth, you know, and I'm not saying our families are um, physical homes, houses cannot be homes. They are, but also our relationship with God is uh, something that transcends all of that and gives us a more, a pure image of home. Mm -hmm.
0: And um,
1: it also gives us a foretaste of the home that is about to come when we are on the other side of eternity, that will be our true home.
0: So how can we seeing ourselves as citizens of heaven use knowing that home is coming to pursue
1: unity? You know, I thought about this a lot. Um, shared identity is such a powerful thing. You know, I mean, just think about it. You um, meet someone from your hometown or your college, you're instantly born, you connect. Um, and so when we see ourselves as citizens of heaven, when we see ourselves as uh, members of like one community, one kingdom, I think that brings us together, that helps us transcend our differences, that helps us look beyond, um, you know, what we see as different in another person and um, look at the similarities that are there that we don't see that are spiritual in nature. Like we have one father in heaven, you know, we have the one Holy Spirit. Um, And the Bible says that in so many places that we are one family, God's household. And so when we see ourselves as um, not, you know, from the lens of uh, any culture or nationality, or even, you know, we are different, even in terms of our giftings and skills and talents, Mm -hmm. um, denominations, so many things, um, different opinions on, on scripture, but if our loyalty to the kingdom is more important to us than anything else, then that binds us together because we know that we are working towards the same purpose, towards one goal, which is to glorify God. And, um, and to also remember that as God's representatives on earth, as God's ambassadors, that the world is watching us. Mm. So uh, a united church and a united community can be such a powerful and beautiful witness to what who God is and what love is.
0: It totally can. And unfortunately, I feel like we're really far from that right now. But I love the vision of it and the hope for it.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about what makes Christianity different in
1: India versus in the United States? Oh, (laughs) yeah, um, let me start at a High level, you know, um, in India, Christians are the minority, um, right? So even though they're common, it's not like if you say you're a Christian, anyone's going to raise an eyebrow because we've lived there for hundreds of years. So um, they're quite common, um, but it's a minority. Um, So we don't have that kind of power and influence that American Christians have. I know here it's more, it's the Uh, religion of the majority, or we would say it's part of the dominant culture, people Um, and and American Christians here also have considerable uh, power, even in terms of, you know, uh, their vote having influence, how they influence politics. Uh, And so Indians don't have that. And in fact, Um, Most Indians, um, I'm not saying all of them, but most of them uh, come from middle-class families Mm. and not everyone is as wealthy. And as a voting block, we are negligible, like insignificant. So we don't uh, put our hope in (laughs) politics or institutions or anything, uh, because we know that we're not gonna make a difference there. So I think there's a strong emphasis on prayer, or even when uh, you see Indian Christians praying for the country of India. Uh, I feel it's it's very different because it's literally putting all our hopes on Jesus because mm-hmm. there is nothing else. We don't have any other choice. And I think that's a, a big difference. Um, demographics wise, right? India is a younger nation. And so, I mean, I remember walking into churches here and, and thinking, where are the young people? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I know that that is just how the makeup of the country is. Um, But also church in India is growing whereas the church um, in the US sadly, and this breaks my heart that church attendance and church growth is is declining. Mm -hmm. And so those are the the major, uh, you know, high level um, observations that I have. But I also think that when you look at uh, theology and, and the way, you know, faith is applied, Uh, Indian Christians tend to be more legalistic Mm. there's a lot of focus on um, behavior like what you do and what you look like Um, people judge based on that what and you know how good a Christian you are based on your behavior outward appearances matter a lot there's also um, it's also a largely honor and shame culture yeah the Indian culture so That adds to the legalism, I feel. Sure. (laughs) Um, Especially for women. I mean, uh, it was my, I have a sister. And so both of us were always aware because our parents told us, not just our parents, it's just everywhere in India, whatever you do, it affects how people view your family. Mm. So, you know, whatever a girl does, how she dresses and how many boyfriends she has, even if she has a boyfriend. So that affects the whether, the reputation of the family. And so in in an honor and shame culture, um, it tends to be very um, legalistic in a certain way. So that's how I grew Mm -hmm. up. But the positives is that, um, and this is again has to do with the culture because all religions in India have this reverence um, and respect for God in general. So Indian Christians bring that too. a very, a uh, high sense of what it is when you're in god's presence how you worship him and how you revere revere him i've seen that um it's very different from india to you know maybe other countries okay. in the west so and and one last thing to add is also that the church in america is rich and that's a good thing because mm-hmm. you have so many resources um, you don't have to go scrambling, raising funds just to send your youth to a camp. So I think that's such a privilege that is taken for um, granted here maybe because I was so surprised <laughs> when I came from India. I mean, even um, when I stepped into a Sunday school and they had so many um, color pencils and you know papers just lying around. And I thought, when I was going to Sunday school in India, our teacher came in with one set Mm -hmm. right of pencils (laughs) and we had to manage we would take turns to finish that we had a bench and the teacher would sit on a chair Um, there are no you know creative rooms for Sunday school so we just kind of manage each of us takes a corner in a huge room or something like that Mm -hmm. so uh, we don't have uh, that kind of resources and even whenever our youth wanted to go on a camp we did our mm-hmm. own fundraising. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have a paid youth pastor. Many youth pastors in uh, Indian churches are bivocational. They have jobs, you know, nine to five, set Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was so surprised and I thought it's just such a privilege. The church here has so many resources.
0: Yeah. yeah. Wow. Not something I had ever thought about before, but yeah, you're right. So I have thoroughly enjoyed getting to chat with you. If I want to learn more, where can I find your book?
1: Oh, you can go to my website, mabelninen.com, which is M-A-B-E-L-N-I-N-A-N.com. There's a lot of information about my book on my website, but if you just want to buy it uh, from an online retailer, it's available on Amazon, ChristianBook.com, and wherever books are sold, Barnes & Noble. Wonderful.
0: What have I not asked you that you want to share about?
1: <laughs> good question I you know one of my favorite chapters in far from home is about homesickness something mm. that a lot of people I mean even if you don't even have to be an immigrant but if you've lived far a, a long time away from home whether it's for work or you're a student or for some reason you know what homesickness is like and for me after struggling with it for so many years and sometimes even when I go visit India for long periods of time. I feel homesick um, to come back here to the US, Um, and I think it's just such a beautiful representation of uh, those of us who enjoy spending time with God here, who enjoy walking with Him here in Christian Mm -hmm. life. That um, we all feel homesick for heaven, Mm -hmm. and that can, for me, it happens in two ways. Sometimes when I just Uh, You know, God is showing up in my life and I'm um, enjoying my time with him, my fellowship with him, enjoying um, my relationship with other Christians. And I see, wow, I mean, this is just a small glimpse of what heaven is like. And I feel I can't wait to get to heaven and and spend, do more of this. But also, on the other hand, I feel homesick. And I've been thinking about this recently recently. That when the world seems like it's just uh, you know, there's, there's so much suffering and things are just spinning out of control and all the wickedness and everything you see. Plus, add to that your any personal tragedy that you have. And that also makes you long for, you know, I I'm waiting to be in heaven or I'm waiting for Jesus to come back soon, because I want to see all this end. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are you know, when I say far from home, uh, that somehow in my mind, it captures all of these feelings about homesickness.
0: Mm, That's good. Homesickness is such a strange thing, both for heaven and even here on earth. Like I live in a different state than my parents do. And when I go see them, I leave home to fly home. You know, because and it's just I can't, I refer to them both as home. So I finally, because people were getting confused, I finally to say it's airplane day today. <laughs> because I'm always going home on that trip, both directions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and the thing is that we need to have that um then homes, we need to have it. I, I don't want to lose it because it's a good thing, because you always know you're looking forward to home and that kind of helps you get through things here it gives you a different lens the way you look at things so if that if you're going home then how do you Mm -hmm. prepare for that while you're here what do you you do here matters because that is where you're going Mm,
0: that's a good word maybe would you be willing to pray for us
1: absolutely i'd love to awesome dear Mm -hmm. god we thank you so much that you love us that you chose us you called us to be yours And Lord, we thank you also that um, we can have our home in you, that you are our refuge, our shelter, you are our safe space, that you protect us from what's going on outside. And just, we can be ourselves with you. We can talk to you as a child talks to um, her father. And Lord, we also thank you that we can have, uh, we can look forward to a home with you, When we die, when our journey here ends, we have an eternal home that is secure um, and it's long lasting and it's permanent, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would help us stay heavenly minded, help us to know always that our actions here on earth matter, that everything we do on here has eternal implications. So help us to live for you here, help us to love others and help us to keep you on our minds. Help us to set our minds on you, Lord. And we know that um, you've equipped us. And because we are your children, because we are citizens of heaven, Lord, we have, um, you've given us so many spiritual blessings and that we can operate from um, that place of privilege, that we are uh, your children and citizens of your kingdom. Thank you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you.
1: Thanks for asking me to pray. I love to.
0: Yeah. I love it when people are willing to pray, because I feel like you get to see their relationship with God and you get to understand them just a little bit more by hearing them pray. Yeah. So I've got one final question for you and it's kind of a fun one. If you could be any inanimate object, what would you be and why?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, I, I'd love to be a tree Ooh. <laughs> but actually it's not inanimate right it's live. well it's I mean living. it is live. it's not a it's person living, right yeah. Yeah. yeah that's fine because, you could be a tree but <laughs> yeah I could be a tree <laughs> or a window Ooh.
0: A tree
1: because you know I, I have a tree right in front of my desk and I love watching all the birds that come and sit and how mm. they behave and Uh, All the squirrels that climb up, and I love that the tree is so much more than itself. It is so many Mm -hmm. things to so many other creatures, right?
0: Sure. And when it moves
1: uh, in the wind, uh, it just looks beautiful. But anyway, but a window is nice too because, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah, your your people can come through you, and you get to see so much. I don't know if that makes sense.
0: (laughs) It does. It does. Getting to it's. I mean, it's from the idea of like getting to see into somebody else's window and somebody else's world. Yeah, go into their world. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You let things in, you let things out. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, this has been awesome, Mabel. Thank you so much for educating us, for giving me the the yearning for heaven, but also living in heaven here on earth. And what does this look like um, to bring heaven to earth while I'm waiting to bring myself to heaven? Not bring myself to heaven, but waiting to to be brought <laughs> to heaven. Um. So thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for the opportunity to be here. And this was such a blessing. I enjoyed chatting with you.
0: As always, a big thanks for listening. I love what Mabel said about home not necessarily being a physical place, but being a place where you can encounter God. That resonates with me as someone who has left pieces of my heart all across the world And as someone who has felt at home as soon as the plane touches down in a country that I have never previously visited, I'm really excited to read Mabel's book. I hope that you are as well. Be sure to check it out, MabelNynan.com. That's where the book is available, where you can also find links to all of her social media to continue to learn from her. My friend, I hope that you have felt challenged. I hope that you have felt encouraged. I hope that you see things just a little bit differently. That is why we're here. That is why Have Hope Will Travel exists, why new podcasts come out every other week. Hey, if that is helpful to you, can you make sure to leave a review and hit subscribe on the show? That's how others are going to find it, how guests are going to know that it's safe to share their story, and it's how I know that you appreciate the hard work that we are doing. Thank you so much for being who you are, for being willing to challenge the idea of home, for being willing to see home a little bit differently. We will see you again in two weeks. Bye-bye.